I'm Ansonia with Let's Talk Gospel Music Gold, a podcast which will feature conversations with musicians, singers, songwriters, radio personalities, and historians of gospel music. You will hear conversations with featured guests telling their story in history, their contributions to the riches of gospel music, and where they see gospel music trends. We will have traditional, contemporary, neo-soul, and hip-hop gospel artists, and more. We look forward to bringing exciting shows and present great episodes to keep you coming back for more. Yes. With me today is Marquita Sconiers, who has worked professionally in the music industry for almost 40 years. I don't know, she looks she looks like a kid to me. <laughs> she has served in leadership roles as Minister of Music and Director of Worship Arts. Marquita penned most of her freshman project, I Will Sing, which was released in 2006. By co-producing her music, Marquita is continuing to learn the art and business of music production. She also serves as COO of Cordmanie Music Incorporated. I'm gonna let her tell you what COO means. <laughs> Marquita recently released her new single, The Sacrifice, and is excited about the product. Welcome to Let's Talk Gospel Music Gold. Hey, Marquita, how are you? Hey, and Sonia, I am well. How are you? I'm doing just fine, just fine. Now, I want you to talk to my audience. And I, like I said, you look very, very young and you've been in the business. <laughs> you've been singing and worshiping the Lord for over 40 years through song. Tell us about that. Well, yes, ma'am. I honestly, I did start singing young. <laughs> I started singing, um, you know how you are singing in the choir. Um, we called it the Sunshine Band in the Church of God in Christ. But yes, I started singing solos in church at eight years old. Uh, so I am 47. So it has been almost 40 years Um and thank you for the comment about me looking youthful. I'm trying. I'm trying. Thank God. So, yes, I've been singing almost all of my life. Um, it's second nature to me. It's all I know. Um, so, yeah. Okay. Now, with your singing career, have you gotten formal training or is this natural ability? Um, thank you for asking. Good question. Um, I had a class um, in vocal instruction as an adult, but growing up, no, I didn't have any formal training. Um, as a teenager, I sang with the Citywide Choir. That gave me some training, but no, not a lot of formal training. I always say I'm going to go back and get a little bit more. You can always continue to learn and get better. 
Now, what's the, the citywide choir that you sang with? Uh, what's the name of the choir? It, it's Walt Whitman and the Soul Children of Chicago. Oh, you one of the babies. <laughs> I am a SCP for Life alumni, yes. All right. So that is so nice. And I know that you have traveled. Tell me. Yes. Yes. With the Soul Children. Geez, I think my first big trip with them was in 1990. We were a part of Motown's 25th anniversary mm. uh, in um, L.A. And I can't even begin to name the stars and celebrities that were there. But that night we um, were blessed to share the stage with uh, Stevie Wonder, Gladys Knight, Tremaine Hawkins. I remember those three, but I remember seeing so many people from Denzel Washington to meeting Whoopi Goldberg, uh, so many people. But yes, I've traveled um, with them even um, overseas as an alumni a few years ago, maybe about 15 years ago or so, went with them on a tour to Norway, Denmark, I believe Holland. Yeah, we were over there for a little bit, yeah. So your first overseas trip, you're excited, you packed your bags, did you leave anything? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what, um, I've been overseas a few times and what I have seemed to forget almost every time was a universal charger. <laughs> you get over there and you think you can just plug in your items. No, their sockets are different, even to the point you have to be careful of what kind you buy because I almost set some on fire one time. So, yeah, really? you have to be careful of that. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, that's something that most people don't know. I didn't know. I didn't know. Yeah, for I know that. Yeah, so you can set stuff on fire. Speaking of fire, <laughs> you know, I travel down these weird roads. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's all right. I'm going to go back to your freshman project. Okay. Because I know that you were excited about that. What set you on fire to do a freshman project? Well, I did that uh, freshman project as a birthday present to myself. Um, it was for my 30th birthday and, you know, I had, been singing since I was eight. So I had heard for um, so long, when are you going to do your own project? And up to that point, I had recorded on a few projects, not my own. And I just kept hearing that, kept hearing it. So I said, that would be perfect for me to um, do a project for my birthday. And I believe I did it on my exact birthday. And um, that kind of led up to that, just a lot of encouragement from family and friends and from churches and pastors and members that I've worked um, for and with. And yeah, that was a gift to myself and it was a joy. It was the first time I had really dug into writing. Um, so it was, it was really fun. So tell me about that experience about writing because there is a difference when mm -hmm. you're writing for another artist but you're writing for yourself. Tell me a little bit about that. So um, I used to write poetry um, and the like when I was in high school sometimes. So I believe I just have that knack of taking a thought and being a little artistic with it and, you know, giving it a little rhyme here or there. And 
when I decided to um, break into writing, I, I prayed about it. I said, okay, God, I really would like to do this. And, you know, it was kind of tough at first, but just, you know, in my prayer time and just time with God and just different life situations, sometimes things would just hit me, like a, a whole chorus would hit, would hit me. Mm-hmm. And for some of the songs, I had like a, a chorus for um, a year, and then I got another piece. And then just depending on um, the topic or the flow that you're in, in worship or in prayer or in life, sometimes the whole song just comes to you. And that is just kind of how it happened. And, you know, sometimes you feel that you can, you know, practice writing and you can become the best writer, just practicing, practicing. And to me, honestly, it doesn't happen that way for me um, all the time. Sometimes I really get stuck (laughs) on on (laughs) some things, you know, and even though I felt I've had some experience and I did go some years without writing, but um, thank God that the desire and the feel of it came back. Okay. All right. That's great. So you, now you write for others as well? No, not yet. Um, I had written for my freshman project and one of the songs on that freshman project was on another project. So I haven't had the pleasure of um, specifically writing for other people. I just had someone uh, re-record a song that I had written. Okay. All right. and, and how was that experience? Oh, it was nice. It it was nice to hear. And she's um, an awesome singer as well. So it was nice to hear someone else sing your words, even though I had you know, sung it, just to hear someone else do it. It felt really good. Okay. Now, did she change it a bit uh, from just what a, you did? a little bit. Not much, just a little bit. But the, but the feel of the song was pretty much there. Okay. Now, I know we hear a lot of songs that are remade. And one of my, well, I did a show on this, but I think a lot of people missed it, that Oh Happy Day Mm -hmm. was really written in the 1800s. And Edwin Hawkins just took the song to a whole nother level. Mm -hmm. So when you think of that, let's kind of look into the future a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) So your song that you penned, and the song was I Will Sing, correct? No, this song in particular was It Belongs to Him. It Belongs to Him. Okay. So let's say we're in 2052 Hmm. and someone redoes your song. Can you tell me what you would like to hear differently in that song in 2052? Great question. I would love to hear um, the rhythm of the song completely change. If it's a ballad, I would love to hear it with an up-tempo, whether it's um, a house music type beat or a calypso. I would love to see the creativity with that. Okay. That might be giving you a hint to do a (laughs) remix. Okay. All right. Come on. Give me those ideas. Give me those ideas. Come on. Because, <laughs> because I believe it. I, uh, there are some songs that I think are standard and and stuck, mm-hmm. and then but there are some songs that you can put some more flavor to them, mm-hmm. and really add more to it. Yeah, that was uh that was really amazing to me because I love doing research and I love looking and finding jewels which Mm -hmm. is another reason for the word gold. (laughs) I like finding finding jewels and finding things that people don't really see. Mm -hmm. Now, 
I'm going to talk to you about Chord Mini Music. Now, I mentioned in the intro about you being the COO. Can yes. you explain to the audience what you do with Chord Mini Music Incorporated? So um, COO, as most of you I know, um, might already know, it stands for um, Chief Operating Officer. So um, I guess you can say that's what I am, but I... <laughs> can say that I feel that I am the CEO, Matthew Long Jr.'s right hand, pretty much. So I guess that's kind of the CEO in itself. Um, but we kind of, we work as partners hand in hand. It is Matthew's company originally. He is the president, the founding president and CEO of Courtney Music Inc. And um, we've been friends a long time. And I just came up on board during the pandemic. We began um, to just work together with music and it just kind of blossomed into a business um, relationship. And after a while, you know, I'm out and people are asking me about the business. I'm representing the business. And I was just honestly an artist at that time. So we had the conversation and, you know, it ended up with me becoming the COO. And with that, the additional responsibilities of just seeking out people such as yourself um, to possibly get um, the message of the company and our music out uh, researching uh, radio opportunities, um, performance opportunities, advertising opportunities, um, you know, whether we want to attend award shows or other music shows or recordings um, to be a part and or to learn or just to get exposure. And I thank God that with um, the um, experience that I have, I, it's yet growing. I, I, you know, you can always learn. Um, in these positions that Cordmany is becoming a, a name that's to be reckoned with, a name that is known. You know, I get these emails now, you know, of various other artists who want to be a part of Cordmany Music Incorporated, and we're excited about that. God has truly blessed us. If we look at it, it's been under two years where we've really been, you know, grinding, you know, mm -hmm. as they say, hustling, you know, <laughs> you know, with this business, you know, putting a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of prayers, a lot of money into it. And we are already seeing the fruit of our labor. And we're thankful. It's a lot more to come for Corbini Music Incorporated. Look out. Okay. Okay. Because now for the people in the audience that don't know, how I got connected with you is because I got this mysterious email. <laughs> and I said, hmm, that's really nice. Well, let me check it out. And I, like I said, I love to investigate and I love to see when people are growing and developing and doing something for the ministry of gospel music. This is not just a, you know, looking at it as a business. This mm -hmm. is a ministry of gospel music because you want to grow and develop and help artists who are trying to get their message out there. And that is, I think, is a wonderful thing. I think it is. And I've, I've been watching uh, different things and, and stuff. So people out there, if you haven't heard of Cordmany Music, guess what? Check them out. Check them out. <laughs> And we want to thank you and Sonia, we want to thank you because you were so kind to respond. Everybody didn't respond. <laughs> you were so kind to respond to this newer company. And, you know, because of, you know, just your um, eagerness to um, be a part of what we were doing, you know, we had to 
vow to give you that interview. So, you know, we <laughs> had to make sure Matthew kept his word to come back on your show or to come on your show. And then I told you, I said, I'll be right behind. I'll be right behind. So we're here. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much for investing in us. Thank you. Well, I appreciate you coming on the show because if, if you weren't here, I'd be talking to myself. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want that. We don't want that. My husband already tells me, he's like, uh, are you talking to me? And I'm like, uh, no, not at this time. <laughs> talking to Jesus. I'm always talking to that's you can oh, go there. I'm, I'm gonna have to tell him that. I'm gonna have to tell him that. Cause I usually <laughs> say, no, I was really talking to myself, trying to figure some things out. <laughs> but I am excited. I listened to the song okay. Sacrifice. Yes. Tell the audience about the release party. Ah. So we did a virtual release party, kind of low key. You know, I am a person, I am over the top. I can be, I love to celebrate. However, with this, I kind of wanted just to be a little laid back. So we did um, a virtual event um, that streamed from my uh, Facebook music page and my YouTube channel, as well as Courtney's music page and Courtney's music channel. And it was myself and it was um, my business partner and CEO of Courtney Music Incorporated, Matthew Long Jr. He's an artist as well. It was him as well. And a good friend of ours, ours Charles Hughes, who is um, president of um, Chew Man Productions. So he was the host and Matthew and I were the guests and we made sure it was an interactive conversation with um, family and friends um, to celebrate that way. Um, and I thought that was the best way to do it. It was really laid back, really nice, really chill. I enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. Well, we know that because times are changing and mm -hmm. people are coming out of the context of this I'm going to say this umbrella that we've been under, this has been mm -hmm. a, uh, this COVID umbrella that we've been under. So are you planning to do a live release? Well, the plan is to do more music after this single and with the release of more music will come a live event. I can't okay. tell you how that will look exactly. <laughs> um, we have not decided if it will be solely a Marquita. Scanyers event, or it just me, maybe a Courtney Music Incorporated event with um, Courtney artists. I'm not sure what that will look like as of yet, but as new music comes, there will eventually be a live event. Yes. Cool. Yay. <laughs> you know, sometimes I just get a little too excited. I have to, I have to calm myself me too. down. No, you are right. Me too. I do the same. <laughs> now, besides the soul children, and doing your solo, what other group or organization or solo artist have you sung with or performed with? I spent time um, with a few. Um, I spent time with Mark Hubbard and the United Voices of Christ. They were called the United Voices back then. I was still a teenager at that time. That was years ago. Oh yeah, um, I know I, them. I know them. <laughs> I was I was just in the choir. Um, you know, no special features or anything. Um, I have another good friend, Travis Edwards. He had a group called Products of Praise. I love them. We were a really, really good group. Um, I did that some years ago as well. Um, I was a member of Sweet Holy Spirit Church under Bishop Larry Trotter, and that was the first, um, with their choir, was the first recording that I had where I was featured on lead. 
Okay. Uh, I sang a song called, or led a song rather called Till the End on the, You Can Tell the Devil I'm Back CD, I believe. And that was some years ago. And then I had another song on a, um, the recording after that called Next Dimension. The song was entitled He Cares. Um, I was a worship leader there for over 12 years. And um, that was my first time recording. And after that, I spent some time singing with Vashon Mitchell and friends. And I led a couple of songs on a couple of recordings that he had as well. Okay. All right. So you've been around. That is so nice <laughs> that people can hear you in other capacities. That's that's something else I like about, well, what I've, my goal for this show is people hear recordings and they hear voices, but they never get to know the person behind mm -hmm. that voice. And that's why I wanted to, I, I like to try to bring a spotlight on the, on the people and say, hey, this is the voice that you, what, is that who I heard on that song? Mm -hmm. Yes, that's the person you heard on that song. So I just, I'm just excited and thrilled because it, of course I know most of, I'm not gonna say all of them, but I know most of the groups uh, familiar with them, of course, being a part of the Chicago gospel well, we know it's the gospel capital, but that's not what I wanted to say. <laughs> the gospel world in Chicago, mm -hmm. uh, you get around and see and hear a lot of talented people. But what people don't see that are outside of Chicago that didn't go to the concert, that didn't come to the recording, mm -hmm. you, you know, you'll hear a voice and on some people's uh, products, they don't actually put the name of the lead singer much mm -hmm. some yeah. of them stop doing that so you never know who's the person behind who's that voice behind that song mm -hmm. so I am just so thrilled to hear this and to let the audience know that's the voice you heard <laughs> <laughs> yeah so tell me something interesting about you as a vocalist Mm. and preparing for I know this that when you're doing a recording what you lay down on tracks people mm -hmm. are going to repeat forever until they change that song mm -hmm. so when you're preparing to lead a song and you need to put your signature on it because you are going to be the person that people mimic when they do the song mm -hmm. What runs through your mind when you're when you're working the lyrics that were given to you? And this is the very first time that anybody is ever going to hear this on record. Okay. Good question. So I am an educator, so I'm very meticulous about certain things and I'm very intentional. So when it comes to I, what you said, I think about you know, what will people hear? What will be repeated? What will be the phrase that they want to hear over and over again? When someone sings it, you know, what will they try to mimic or imitate? I think about all of that. So especially when I'm writing and I have to do ad libs or even, you know, back to the songs that I had, you know, with um, Sweet Holy Spirit or Vashon Mitchell, same thing back then. I am intentional about what I say. So I will practice it to a fault at home 
um, to make sure that it sounds right or I'll ask someone else, does it sound right? Or, you know, I want to be biblically, biblically sound, but I also want to make sure um, that I can hit those notes and, <laughs> you know, and give my, you know, um, my best presentation. Uh, so, yes, I think about all of that and I lay it all out. I have never gone into the studio or had a been a part of a live recording where I didn't know what I was wasn't going to say. I mean, there are some parts, of course, you know, let you let the Holy Spirit lead you and it takes me somewhere else, you know, but I make sure I don't go on my own. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so for the most part, I do plan it out because I want to give the best representation of myself to the people. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I like that because being a lead singer and you know that, man, people are going to hear me for a long time. Mm -hmm. And I like to hear, I, I, I like what you said about you write it down so that you're not just going all kinds of places because you, we, we know that going into a recording studio is much different than doing a live, mm -hmm. but when you go into a recording studio, you have to make sure you say the same thing that <laughs> you track or that's written and use the same intonations because mm -hmm. in the studio, they gonna charge you money for it every time you mess up. <laughs> indeed, indeed. So that is that is good, and I hope that is a good tip for people who are recording or planning to record or think that it's really easy to get up there and to uh, ad lib because sometimes you're ad libbing. You have to write that down. As yeah, well. yeah. Because I like what you said. You want to be biblically correct and not give someone because we know we've heard even ministers stand in the pulpit and say the incorrect <laughs> i'll stop there no it's okay i'm a minister too so you know i try to you know yeah, you're correct so you want you always want to make sure that you're feeding people the right information uh or as 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 right as you possibly can because yeah. people get so much misinformation and they take the misinformation and yes. forget about what the actuality is yes so that is really yes. nice so i you know i just wanted to get into your brain to find out how that works to help somebody else who may be saying hey i'd like to go and record a song and but i'm just gonna wing it you know <clears throat> thinking about winging it and i have watched some biographies one the the latest one i saw was the it was whitney houston but the this was a different biography it mm -hmm. showed a different aspect of her and mm -hmm. talking about her and how when she would go into a rehearsal she sang as hard as a rehearsal than she did on stage mm. so you know and when you think about something like that and you getting prepared to rehearse and I, I see some musicians who write on there why is it the choir can sing this at rehearsal but they can't sing it in church hmm. what do you think is the cause of that that you know you can sing it great at rehearsal but can't sing it in church what do you think that would be Ooh, that can be a, a couple of things. One, it could be nerves, nervousness. Um, 
you know, they were, did well at rehearsal and they get there and then, you know, they're just shocked, you know, stay shocked or what have you. Um, it could also be sometimes people sang out at rehearsal and they have nothing left on Sunday morning. So, you know, we're just dealing with what's left of uh, the quality rehearsal that they had a few days ago. Um, and then, you know, I guess, I, I can say this, I guess, you know, I don't want to sound like the old saints, but, you know, sometimes you can be all in your flesh on Sunday morning, you know, you know, and then you, it just goes left because you're just all in your flesh and let the spirit <laughs> <laughs> guide you. So, you know, that could, it could be a number of things. Um, I'm not like Miss Whitney Houston, you know, um, you know, yes, yeah, she can kill it or she killed it in rehearsal and then killed it on Sunday morning. I, I give you a good piece of me in rehearsal. But some of me um, doesn't show up, honestly, until that day. It's not that I have different personalities. It's just that, you know, I can give you of me. But when, you know, I'm there and I allow the spirit to just take over, it can be a totally different thing. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So that, that's why I think that happens to some people, though, sometimes. I, I bet you wonder, why did she ask me that? Because, that's all right. <laughs> because you are a minister of music and a worship and arts leader. Mm -hmm. So let's say that that happens or that you hear the first part of them going, the, the choir or the praise team going awry. How do you get them back on track? That has happened to me more times than I can count. <laughs> and I just automatically go into like a recovery mode. Like I can be leading. And if I hear a bad key, I'm going straight to the tenor. Um, if I'm, if I was directing the choir, I would go straight to that section singing while I'm directed. It, it just, it's automatic for me. No, no, no. I'm gonna stay right here until we get back on track until you remember, <laughs> you know? So yeah, that's happened a lot of times for me and I'll just jump out of my leadership role and I'm a part of the bunch until we get back on track. Okay. All Sometimes right. we might not get back on track. So I'm going to stay with the bunch until the end of the song. <laughs> That's a that's a thing uh, that when you when you're in the midst of it, sometimes you don't know how to get people back on track. Mm -hmm. But that but as you said, you go to that ex that mm -hmm. section, you go to that person, and you 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 kind of help them out. So mm -hmm. it is not embarrassing because I, I saw something on um, Facebook, I believe it was, where this guy was playing the piano and they were at a rehearsal. And instead of him reprimanding the drummer mm -hmm. by getting up off the instrument and walking over and saying something to him, the man got on the microphone oh, Lord. and blessed this man out <laughs> in front of, you know, yeah. that I felt was so inappropriate. There are ways that you can handle situations. And then I later found out that it was a rehearsal, but regardless of whether it was a rehearsal or whether they were in service, mm -hmm. the adult thing to do would have been to get up because most choirs do know how to keep singing when the music stops, most mm -hmm. of them. All he had to do was just politely get up, walk over to the man and say what he had to say, but mm -hmm. get on the microphone. So let's say, you have a choir member that is not in good tone that day mm -hmm. and you 
say something to them, maybe privately or whatever, and then they blow up, blow out of proportion. Mm -hmm. How do you handle that situation? Well, first of all, I'm so thankful that some of my experiences were not able to go viral <laughs> as we see today. Woo! Anyhow, but again, I have had those incidents that you just mentioned more times than I can count. Uh, I've had private uh, meetings. I've even extended myself to have a private session before the rehearsal or say i need you to hook up with sister so-and-so before i've gone so far as to record the part and send it to them so that they can listen all week long i i didn't mind doing that if it you know made sure that we would sound better on a sunday mm -hmm. i did all of that um and i did have some people that still got angry took a break from the choir, left the choir. It was my fault. And you can't make everybody happen, happy. You can't make everyone happy. So it just comes with the territory of being a minister of music. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes people get so into their feelings mm -hmm. and, but then some people are going through some things that they don't yeah. really want to talk about. And, you know, some, sometimes we have to respect that. Mm -hmm. you know, and tell people, okay, I understand this, that, and the other, because I had a group at one point, and someone approached me and asked if they could sing. Now, my group only consisted of nine people. Well, this person did not have a group voice, mm. and I thought I said it nicely, but they got very offended by what I said, and it wasn't like I stood in front of the group and, and, and said something out of the way. And, but I later, you know, later found out that, you know, maybe, she, maybe that person was going through some things, you mm -hmm. know. So we, as members, choir members, I'm mm -hmm. going to say that. I, I used to be, I've retired. I've been retired for quite some time. But we as choir members have to remember that everybody has feelings. And mm -hmm. sometimes even the person standing in front of you may have had a bad day, but they're trying to hold it together mm -hmm, mm -hmm. to bring people together. And maybe with yeah. the hopes of uh, ministering through music and listening to the lyrics can help them out of their situation. And sometimes people have to look at that. You know, I just thought about that because I thought that was really weird how he uh, got on the microphone. I just couldn't get over that. I'm like, why in the world would you? try to embarrass somebody over a microphone. <laughs> and I hear what you're saying. We do. We do have to be sensitive about that because, yeah, people are going through things. But let me add, some voices are meant for the choir and some are not meant for the worship team. <laughs> and people, honestly, like you said, they, it, despite going through things, just in general, they get angry mm -hmm. if you won't put them on the worship team. It doesn't matter that they can't, you know, perform to a certain level. Mm -hmm. But I just, I just wanted to get that laugh out of you real quick. But, <laughs> but yeah, no, I used to have this running joke. I said, you know, the pastor of the church, first thing they want to do is put everybody in the choir. If it ain't the choir, it's the usher. And yeah, I'm exactly. like, and, and I, I could just imagine the ministers of music, the musicians, mm -hmm. just cringe when the pastor says that. Yeah, you can join the choir. Mm -hmm. Mm 
maybe we should have an audition <laughs> for this. Oh, we don't want to offend them. At audition. <laughs> oh, they're offended. Oh, no. <laughs> Especially in the church. That is just too funny. I, I think that those were the only two areas that I would ever hear a pastor say, put them in the choir. You want to join the choir? And I'm mm -hmm. like, but do you know if they can sing? <laughs> Or as, as my uh, one of my aunts used to say, you can carry a note in a bag. Yeah. That's about it. But <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> well, anywho, I digress. <laughs> Tell me how you became the worship and arts director. Well, um. Honestly, I recently resigned from being uh, the director of worship arts at my church, New Community Covenant Church in Chicago. Mm. And the reason I did um, resigned is I had been in that capacity and as a worship leader for over eight years. And just in this season, um, I've been a worship leader. Um, oof, um, I keep forgetting how long, but I've been a worship leader for 28 years when it was at the beginning of it starting to you know pick up amongst churches so over the years um i've been a worship leader a minister of music and or a director of worship arts and there have been certain seasons in my in those years all of those years not long but certain seasons where i needed to step back um and then stepping back you know just to kind of hear from god just to kind of um be restored from some hurt experiences and leadership or a season like I'm in presently where I get the opportunity to minister at other churches. You know, with my pastor's blessing, I was there leading worship last Sunday. Um, however, I handed all those responsibilities over to others and I can go around to um, different churches and bless them with what God has given me. So um, yeah, how I became, you know, came into this um, worship leading was by accident. Someone didn't show up and they pushed me in it. Um, that's how that happened. And, you know, I just began to learn um, over the years how to become um, a better worship leader. I'm still learning. Um, as a minister of music, people saw me as a worship leader and just asked um, if I could serve in that capacity. I remember one um, experience I had when I briefly lived in Georgia, I was hired to be um, the assistant director of worship arts or like assistant minister of music um, by a good friend of mine. And the same day that she hired me, she resigned. Wow. So it automatically put me in that position. And, and that was uh, over a beautiful church. Um, and there were a number of choirs, um, a deaf ministry, a sign language ministry, the band and the worship team and the dancers. It was a lot going on, but I truly enjoyed that. So God just placed me in certain situations where I was able to just step up when needed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I was wondering, and this is just me, you know, because I'm always going to throw out a crazy question. <laughs> so let's say someone is listening to the podcast because we know that a lot of people are going to be listening. Yes. Mm -hmm. And they're saying, hmm, I would like to go into worship leadership or go into ministry of music. And that could possibly help someone out, help them know, hey, some and then some churches advertise that they're hiring someone mm -hmm. and they they bring people in. So that is just a, a great tidbit of information that someone who may be looking or may be seeking. And 
The reason I ask that too, is that when you come into a place and you feel, well, I'll give an example. We, my husband and I live in like a rural area outside of Chicago. And mm-hmm. we went to this uh, church and every week they sang the same song <laughs> every Sunday. <laughs> and I said, oh, wow. But I know that that was not my calling. I did not want to do that. I didn't want to step into that. But my husband kept saying, uh, don't you want to help them out? And I was like, mm. I think I'll stay in my place and sit in the audience. Now, someone else may have come in and said, let me get in here and take over because I've, you know, I've experienced where I've seen people do that. And in that capacity, I'll just use, I'll just use that as a scenario. So you come in and you've been attending this church for several weeks and they keep saying, singing the same songs. Would you approach the pastor or the minister of music <laughs> it it depends on the season that i'm in that's almost a real life situation at the church i am presently i was there 2 years before i even led worship mm. um and they knew i was a worship leader but i i asked i, I needed a break and um they were a a startup church so you know um um a planted church. Mm-hmm. So the worship leader there hadn't led worship before. So it it wasn't the same exact experience where they sing the same songs every Sunday. However, you can imagine, um, but they, uh, they weren't horrible. Not at all. It just wasn't what I was used to. And there were some Sundays I felt like, mm, mm, I want to jump, but that just wasn't right that's for that season i didn't need to so you know i just went through mm-hmm. the, the the journey with them um as they grew as a worship team and when the time was right it was um kind of god was speaking to me and my pastor at the same time okay. you know regarding worship so i didn't necessarily have to say Hey, but he kind of came to me and I was like, yeah, you know, so <laughs> that's how I kind of came in and, and I stepped into that role. Um, but yeah, if it were a different situation in this real life situation, depending on the season I was in, if it kind of gotten got to me, yeah, I would probably say something. <laughs> yeah, because I, I know sometimes people can walk in and and that was something that I told my husband. I said, I don't want to have a takeover spirit. That's mm-hmm. not my that's not my personality. That's not my persona. So, you know, even though there are things that I can do, mm-hmm. I'd rather sit back and you know, and at one point I was like, Well, was that being selfish? Because then you hear people say, Well, you know, God gives you gifts and you need to use them. But I am a strong believer that God will change your ministry sometimes. Mm-hmm. He'll tell you to, it's time to shift into another direction, go another way. And that's what uh, some of the content of what I'm trying to get across, you know, because some people, like I said, they'll walk in and they, you know, well, I've done this and I've done that and I can mm-hmm. do X, Y, and Z. And then you, you kind of step on other people. 
not mm-hmm. re- maybe not realizing that you're stepping on other people or stepping over other people. So that is that's good information as well. Don't just walk in the door trying to take over. <laughs> and a lot of times God will open the door for you if it's meant for you to step into that because that's what ha- has happened to me. I didn't have to come in broadcasting. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, at the time if it was needed, they'd be like, "Hey, you know, we know that you, or we heard that you, or it somehow the information just got to them. So God will open that door for you as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So in, in talking to someone that's listening to this, don't be over eager. Mm-hmm. Wait to hear the voice of the Lord. Cause a lot of people think they like the Lord talks. Yeah. <laughs> talks to you in many ways. And sometimes he talks to you through people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah where you're, you're not thinking that, Hey, I didn't even think about that, but uh, okay. uh, Let me think about that. Cool. So this has been exciting for me because I'm getting to know you more. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Now I want to ask you one other question. Okay. And that question is when you decided to do your now I know you said in 2006 that was a birthday gift Mm -hmm. to do your project so what happened in 2022 for you to put out this new single okay the shortest version of this (laughs) no don't give me the short version we got time I got tape well I had um just been soured with the gospel music industry over the years. I I just kind of gave, gave up as a recording artist for various reasons. And um, as I stated before, I reconnected um, with Matthew Long Jr. Um, in 2020. We, like I said, we grew up in church together, been knowing each other all our lives. And it was in the heart of the pandemic and he was doing virtual videos and he reached out to me and he asked me to choose a song. I chose a song and we hadn't seen each other in person for, I mean, um, 26 years or something like that. But anyhow, um, where he was, he did the music where I was, I did the, you know, the lyric, um, I sang it and he put it together and it was a hit, you know? So it like rekindled that friendship. And, you know, that's how, you know, I became more involved and invested in Courtney music. And, and we're talking about him doing his Christmas single at the time, Christmas Romance. And, you know, I'm, he, you know, allowed me to, you know, help him and give input and help him with a few administrative things or what have you. And we're talking about the future of Courtney music. And he like, he's like, yeah, and your project. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, you know, I kind of overlooked it. But the more we talked about it, you know, I have to give him credit for encouraging me because I was done. You know, I know God had given me something, but I didn't have the energy to deal with what came with it. You know, I had been hurt, you know, and I know people say, yeah, you should get over it. Okay, that's cool. I was over it, but I don't want to revisit it, (laughs) you know. (laughs) So, but with his encouragement and saying, yeah, you're helping Courtney and, you know, you're working with me on things, but we're going to do something for you. He's like, you need to get back out there. I know you said you're done. So just having someone to have my back in that way, um, especially during the time that we just been in with this pandemic, it, it gave me life all over again. And, and I could also hear my grandmother's voice. Um, 
um, at the time of this conversation with Matthew, she was still here, but she's been gone a year now. And I can just continually hear her voice say, why did you give up music? Why did you give up music? So I decided, okay, hey, I'd give it another shot. But I told Matthew, now listen, if I'm gonna give it another shot, I'm all in, I'm ride or die, you know, (laughs) I'm leaving it all on the stage, you know. So um, that's how that came about. And as we're working on um, his Christmas project at the time, I asked him to give me a few tracks to, um, I felt like writing, you know, like in Color Purple, Miss Seely, I feels like singing. That's how I felt about writing. I was like, give me a few tracks, I feels like writing. So (laughs) he gave me a few tracks and um, there was one track that he gave me that stood out to me. I was like, ooh, let me try this one. So it was November 2020. And I started with the lyrics. And as I said, sometimes when you write, you get a little bit here, you get a little bit there, you wait. But this one, it almost immediately flowed just like water. It was just mm. the lyrics came. I, I had most of it. Well, maybe like one verse and then the second verse and then the rest. It was not difficult to write at all to this track. And that was the sacrifice. Okay. So that came about November 2020. So we had some other things to do with Courtney music. So after that, when it was my turn and Matthew was like, okay, so what are we leading with? I said, the sacrifice. And there you have it. Okay. All right. See, now that was a jewel. You want to know why? Because somebody out there, somebody that's listening is about to give up. Mm-hmm. And we want to encourage people. You have a gift that you want to share. And I know I have seen, heard, been hurt. You know, everybody has. And it is hard to get over it. But when you have an encourager, Mm -hmm. you know, that assists you in Mm -hmm. doing that and and in growing, I think that is uh, beneficial because Mm -hmm. you still have the fire in you it's kind of dwindling a little bit. But then when you get someone who is there and says, I'm here to help you and support you, Mm -hmm. that fire starts to rekindle inside of you that ignites you. So that is, I think, a wonderful testimony to someone who may be on the verge of saying, I just want to give this up to encourage them it's been 17 years since i've recorded music of my own and by the grace of god i had some vocal challenges along the way um honestly with the first project i did i did 10 songs i did it with a damaged vocal cord um so just over the years you know i i've i've had um challenges with my voice. I've, I've tell people all the time, I'm like that used Buick, you know, you got to warm it up a little bit, you know, you know, so I tell people all the time, get, go to an ENT, get your voice checked out, make sure everything's fine. Just like you get a tune up on the car. If this is what, you know, God has called you to do and you do it professionally, invest in yourself, you know, so I, I am, I'm grateful to God that I still have what I have. You know, I've overcome vocal challenges and I'm good to go. I know when to rest and I still go and listen to the doctor. But yes, you know, please let my testimony be an example that, you know, um, God never backs off on his promises to you. Amen. If he told you he's going to do something, he's going to do it. If he's called you to it, 
it's going to come to pass. Mm-hmm. Yes, there were times I didn't want to believe it anymore. I, I, I didn't care anymore. I even thought I would step away just from ministry, period. You know, and we might get that burnout. We might get that discouragement. But, you know, we won't let the enemy be defeated. I mean, we won't let the enemy get the victory. We won't be defeated. That's what I meant. He is defeated all the time. I said that in the song. <laughs> I said it in the song. He is defeated all the time, but we are victorious. So, you know, it's okay. We're human. We're going to be um, have downtime, sad times, discouraging times. But that's why we have God. And like um, Antonia said, encouragers. And, you know, that's why we have the word of God and prayer and praise and worship and all that stuff. We as believers can get back up. Mm-hmm. Not oh, easy, yeah. all the time, but we can get back up. So this is 17 years of working on getting back up. I got back up, y'all. Y'all can do it too. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Amen. I believe that. I believe that with my whole heart, because there are times when you're pushed down and you're pushed back and you don't realize, man, what is this? Yeah. And then, you know, just some, some trying to squash us, the devil trying to squash your, your blessing and find that hope, find that, that <laughs> glimmer of hope. <laughs> and this has been so exciting, man. so much fun. Now I'm going to ask you to tell the audience what you're currently doing and how they can get in contact with you. Okay, you can, I'll answer backwards a little bit. So you can currently get in contact with me if you want to um, email me regarding bookings or inquiries about uh, myself or Matthew Long Jr. as artist or anything related to Court Mini Music Incorporated, you can email me at marquita.sconyers, that's M-A-R-K-E-Y, T-A dot S-C-O-N-I-E-R-S at CorbinyMusic.com. Or you can just reach me on social media, same name, Marquita Sconyers on Facebook. I have a music page, YouTube. I have a YouTube channel, Instagram under my name, Marquita Sconyers. Or you, I have a website. I have to tell people about that. <laughs> I got a new website called it's MarquitaSconyers.com or anything Courtney Music, same platforms as well. You can reach me as well. And to find out what I'm doing, I'll try my best to always um, put my itinerary out there. Presently, I'm just leading worship at a couple of churches. Um, with the song being right for this season. I did it intentionally. I love Resurrection Sunday. They call it Easter. I call it Resurrection (laughs) Sunday and Good Friday and Holy Week. So if you go to these platforms, you can see what I'm doing around those times um, and beyond. So that's how you can reach me again, Marquita. That's a funny name. I know. M-A-R-K-E-Y-T-A-S-C-O-N-I-E-R-S. Wonderful. And it's a beautiful name. I love Mm -hmm. unusual names, as you can tell. (laughs) Well, I want to thank my guest, Marquita Sconyers, for participating in this segment on Let's Talk Gospel Music Gold. These shows are to explore, record, and raise excitement about gospel music and its gold. I hope you, the audience, enjoyed this episode as much as I have. Please send me an email sharing your thoughts about this show segment. Also, if you have any suggestions of future guests, you would like to hear on the show, send me an email to let's talk to gmg at gmail.com. That's let's talk the number two gmg at gmail.com.
You may also like and share the episode and subscribe and you'll be alerted when the next episode is published. I am your host, Ansonia, saying, let's sing, let's shout and tell of the great news through Gospel Music Gold. Until the next episode, take care and God bless. This episode has been sponsored by Nelsie IT. The disaster has happened. We were all caught off guard March 2020. And in many cases, there is now a rebuilding process which must take place. How does this affect you as a church leader or a small business owner? With over 20 years of experience, we can help you create an emergency response and a business continuity plan for your church or your small business. We discuss methods of preparing for the next emergency or disaster. Here are a few things we can speak to you about for your church. How to continue communicating with your congregants without access to your physical location. How do members reach the leadership staff? What about church records? Are they safe and available? And here are a few things we will cover for a small business. Communicating with your customers and meeting their needs and or orders. Do you have a backup process to keep your business records safe? We can talk about technology, security, and record keeping. For more information, contact us at 708-762-3587. That's 708-762-3587. And we can discuss how you can feel more comfortable in creating a emergency response plan and or a business continuity plan.